0: In my 15 years as a couples therapist, I've witnessed lots of married couples working through any number of issues that they've come to see me for. And one of those issues is infidelity. And there's many reasons why one or both of the partners in a relationship choose to have an affair or choose to step out of the relationship. It could stem from loneliness, unmet needs, fear of conflict, or even fear of intimacy. And certainly it was my job to help them survive and move beyond the affair. They were looking to me for answers. And a bunch of the time I'm trying to figure out how to help them and then also to figure out even do they wanna stay together or not or should they stay together or not. And in this episode, we hear from Shannon and Cindy and they're a couple that thought outside the box when getting through their infidelities.
1: I just wanted to find out the extent that it was. Was it multiple, was it all the time, was it in our home, was it, I don't know, for me I guess it's like a level of disrespect in a sense, and it may be double standard or whatever, but I I look at it like, you know, certain
2: things I would not do. It it did hurt me when you did tell me about your multiple affairs after you proposed to me because you volunteered the, the details to me, which I didn't want to know the details. And I know it was because we were in a space where we wanted to hurt each other.
0: Also in today's episode, I talk with Alex Boguski about how to advertise what happens in real
3: love. Love's almost like a Viagra commercial. You are the guy. And it's always this hot, like 40-year-old woman who's taken this guy away for a weekend. That Viagra commercial is the promise of that intimate, highly sexual, early stage relationship.
0: My name is Andy Horning, and this is Elephant Talk. It's a show about all things relationship, the soulful, the silly, and the sexy.
2: relationship, it started off great. But then not even four months into our relationship, I become pregnant. It was actually a shock to me because I had a son that was graduating high school. I had another son that was in the ninth grade of high school. And then trying to place myself an independent person into the total care of another human being that I've only been dating for a few months it was very difficult. It wasn't a fun period. Just knowing that we were both tired and we had to sit down and actually figure out if we wanted to be in this relationship probably took a good two years.
1: Like, I'm gonna be real, when you got pregnant, I remember we sit down in there in my kitchen mm-hmm. and I said, you know, well, this is what it's going to be. It's, it's me and you. I remember that clearly. I could feel the cold on the, that granite counter. And we hugged and you cried. I said, we're we going to make this work, you know. And you immediately moved up. I <laughs> you know, immediately, immediately moved, moved in. all moved your stuff. I sure did. I My was like, first. Uh, we, we were together. However, mm-hmm. I was still immature.
2: You were.
1: I still wanted to go out to the parties. I still wanted to go out and hang out, I still wanted to be a separated man.
2: That backstory is partly what led to my infidelity because staying out to 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and hanging out and getting text messages, you were sending emails, and I called you on it. We took a walk around a block while your best friend was watching our daughter. I was asking you, what is going on? Like, why do you still feel the need to be engaged with other women, you know? I was feeling like, well, shoot, he's still out there and I'm not being treated the way I want to be treated. So I'm going to get the attention where it's being given to me. Moving forward, when you found out about my affair and that not only was it an emotional affair, that it was actually a physical affair... And you wanted to know specific details, and
1: I just wanted to find out the extent that it was. Was it multiple? Was it all the time? Was it in our home? Was it? I don't know. For me, I guess it's like a level of disrespect in a sense, and it may be double standard or whatever. But I, I look at it like, you know, certain things I would not do. I, I would flirt a lot, and I, I wouldn't necessarily. Cause I know when to close a deal, you know, have sex with a person. It's different from just flirting. That was the information I wanted. <laughs> How far did it go? You know.
2: It it did hurt me when you did tell me about your multiple affairs after you proposed to me, and you know that 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 hurt me. Because you volunteered the the details to me, which I didn't want to know the details, but you volunteered them to me. And I know it was because we were in a space where we wanted to hurt each other.
1: Like, to get through infidelity, you got to be creative. Yeah. You got to be kind of creative and think outside of the box. Because we did some outside of the box yeah. thinking, too. Yeah,
2: you know? we did. We continuously have conversations about our relationship and our evolving relationship and what do we want out of our relationship and what are our boundaries in our relationship and what does our relationship look like so that's one part that we did take away positive from both of our infidelities about moving forward and having that constant communication going and being open about what we feel and being open about our likes and dislikes and being open about things that other people would be um, I don't too know scared.
1: I think it gave me a realization, like a smack in the face, to say, this is a woman. She um, has all the same powerful desires and forces that are working in your body, working in her body, too, just in different ways, and you got to
2: respect that. You generally are a machismo man, Christian, God-fearing, conservative. That's your background. That's not my background. My background is a liberal, hippie flowing, California raised. We just have different backgrounds. So to mash those backgrounds together and find a happy balance, has been tough for us, but we yeah, found yeah, it. Yeah.
1: I do sometimes. I don't know if I worry about infidelity, but I somebody flirting with you because because I, I tell you, I'd be like the lady was all up at my grill when we was at the thing. And yeah. When you don't talk, it's more like. But I think that you
2: think that it happens way more than when it does happen. Like it doesn't. <laughs> People are not flirting with me at all.
1: I mean, it don't matter if they did or didn't. I'd just be wanting to let the communication flow, not hold it back. That's part of what got us through to the situation because we just started communicating about everything. I could tell you anything. I feel if I don't say anything, I could threaten losing the...
2: What we've worked so hard for.
1: But I feel like, why am I hiding something that I can just tell her? And she probably won't bite my head off for, you know what I'm saying? Not necessarily you're gonna be okay with everything, mm-hmm. but you're not gonna bite my head off. I do feel like though you hold back from me. You I, wait till the last second to tell me something no, something.
2: Yeah, I have done that a lot in the past, but I have not been doing that recently. Not this I, year. Like, but I'm like you even like for me, for me, for me, I would have waited until next week and been like, uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: In my experience in working with couples around an affair, it is not easy to talk about what happened and why it happened. And Shannon and Cindy show tons of courage as they go right there to the very issues that led to it. I found it refreshing and a little unusual.
1: Well, you know me. I like to fight. (laughs) Not I don't like to fight, but... I can say certain things that can turn into a fight, and now I'm gonna be honest with you. That's the thing that I loved about you just early on in our relationship, and I tried to get better
3: because
1: mm-hmm. I can say a certain thing that just can strike a chord, and if you're not a person who could just like let it die down, it's gonna turn into a big fight. And I didn't even mean for it to be a big fight because I just said, hey, man, "Put don't put the shoes over," you know. And you usually just diffuse that most times. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes you'd be like, well, you put your shoes wherever you want your shoes to go.
2: You love to push buttons. And sometimes I let the buttons not get pushed. But sometimes when I'm just tired, I'll fire back at you. I think that you've been getting a lot better at not saying uh, things to push a button. Just because you're you're stressed out. I think that you found other avenues to relieve your stress, like the gym or going for a walk around a block.
1: I feel like if I wasn't as fiery or something, we probably could have a fightless relationship. I like a little conflict, but the thing you be bailing out. Like you because just took, I don't that, want to fight. that's the most
2: annoying thing yeah. in the world, for you just okay, to like Shannon, turn into well, like a so freaking what? mannequin. Like because sometimes when you're fighting, out. you say nasty things. If I was to say the nasty things back at you, we would not be together. And so it's better for me to shut my mouth and become a mannequin than engage back with you with the fight just to prove that I know how to fight. I don't want to fight. And if there's not a better way of communication, there's no reason to speak. And so I'm going to become void, and I'm going to become silent, and I'm just going to stare straight ahead and bite my lip so that I don't say anything mean because I understand that the the knife is a double-edged sword.
1: But see, I think we need like a a comfortable in-between on that. But for us to be able to have that conversation where well, we might not see eye to eye on something, well, but we can have a conversation. and there's a can, debate, out, and there's you know? a
2: back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that's different than saying smart shit because you're upset about something, and that's a passive-aggressive way to get out what you're really feeling. It's two totally different concepts.
1: I just want... I'd be wanting a conversation.
2: I can be very silent. I can literally walk through my whole household in an entire week and not say a word except for, Are you ready to eat? Do you need anything from the store? And sometimes when I'm just like in my space of nowhere land, <laughs> it gets annoying. Well, I think I, what I
1: think though is I get tired of being the only one talking or I get tired of driving the conversation. Sometimes I be wanting. You know, for you to share something with me just being silent, you know, I think we need to figure out like what's our connected subjects and then we can have that. I don't think
2: that our relationship was based on a friendship. Our relationship was based on filling voids and finding a connection. And then we were thrown into a full blown relationship.
1: You know, and I think our topics now is family, mm-hmm. future. But sometimes that's, that's kind of, you know, it get kind of old.
2: Yeah, we have common interests. Like we like the same books or we like some of the same music or we love going out. We do those things, but actually talking about things. No, we're talking about relationship, our relationship. We're talking about our daughter's education. We're talking about the rearing of our child as far as us Finding something that we could talk about outside of gossip, I don't. But that's I don't, what I was
1: like looking at with you learning about different wines and stuff yeah. like that. That kind of stuff interests me. Yeah. If you share with me about all oh, this new wine or this, I don't mind. I like that kind of conversation because now I feel like I'm learning something from you, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that's kind of fun to me.
2: I think as of this year, we've been talking more about politics, which is something I've always been passionate about, which when me and your friend talk politics, you used to go in the other room and close the door. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what can I say, you know?
0: I relate to what Shannon and Cindy are talking about because in my own marriage, I prefer a conversation much more than my wife does and I'll want to push and prod and bring up subjects and talk much more than my wife does. She doesn't have that high need for dialogue but like them we both have acknowledged that maybe I need a little more silence and maybe she needs a little more talking so it's kind of moving towards the middle. What I also notice is that they're seeking common interests so that they're not always processing the relationship. They're beginning to talk about things that they have in common.
1: Deep love and how I feel about you. I want to give you... I want I want to protect you.
2: You won't I, even let me take
1: the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure that you are comfortable. I want to make sure you feel good about yourself. I mean, I can't really have control over that, but at the same time, I just want to provide for you. Sometimes I feel like I've fallen short. You know, I don't feel like I've put you in the best positions to be the most protective, but I want you to see the world with me. I want to provide a better life than you had. I want to. When I think about, I would be thinking about, like, standing in front of you and, like, taking the blows or jumping on <laughs> a lion or something, and, and I love you in that kind of way. Uh, you know, the things that you've gone through in your life, mm-hmm. those things sometimes, it make me really upset, you know, and I think about challenges or the abuse or the other things that, you know, it make me upset because I want to go back and fight your fights back then you know Mm -hmm. but although I can't
2: I think both of us have the ability to see beyond relationships only get stronger when you fight through your trials and tribulations and make a resolution that you know what we're in this forever we took those vows and We made the choice that we were gonna fight through our struggles, and you're always harder on yourself instead of seeing the achievements that you've done. But I think about the future and what I wanna do in your
1: future, and then I think about the present, and sometimes I feel powerless in the present because I'm not the best security. I haven't provided the best. I haven't done, you know, so I feel
2: like powerless. See, the things that are a failure to you, to me, they're a success. And no, we haven't had the best life, but we have a happy life. We have a happy home. We have a happy daughter. We have a family around us. And all of it's coming together now. Your art is making a way for us. And then we're going to be able to provide a legacy for our children. And so for me, my love is knowing that you're sacrificing a lot of yourself to provide that legacy and provide that future for us, our children, our grandchildren, and our family. I know you are doing that. And my love, my deep love for you comes from that. I'm always talking about you because I'm so proud of you and so proud of everything you've done and are doing. I'm always bragging about you.
1: It gives me power to hear that you believe, you know what I'm saying? That you believe in us and believe in me. That journey is exciting as well, you know, like, <laughs> the the fact that you've been through it with me sometimes you know i think on both of our ends we could have chosen easy roads of
2: course absolutely. you know like
1: instead we just looked at each other and said well we go to work with what we are and and move from there and i think with that mindset we've made it through the troubling times and there's been times and mm-hmm. you told me from your heart you know like that this is rough, that you're going through a rough time. And those times been like probably my darkest times, but at the same time, we made it through. Mm-hmm. So, I know. Yeah.
2: It's just always good to have conversation with you, Shannon. I love expressing how much I love you and how much you mean to me. And knowing that I, I'm here, I ain't going nowhere, so we just have to figure out the best way to make it happen and make it through and i know it's gonna happen yeah we've been through a lot of stuff that other people would not have survived and our foundation is solid nobody can break our foundation except for us you know i just love you and I'm glad that if anybody I've gone through this with a strong man, somebody that actually knows how to lead and does not take advantage of leading his household, and I love you for that.
1: It's always good to hear your thoughts. Listen, sometimes I'd be wanting to hear more from you, the feelings that you have, and I think today you you share some, and I want to continue to hear more. Like that's why I document so much stuff. Cause I be enjoying it like this moment right now, you know, this is like a moment, you know, and this is like a, a good thing. This is fun. This is enjoyable to talk to you, to see your face, to see you in front of me. So gorgeous and listening to your words. And when you talk about believing in me, I don't know, for me, that just, that turns me on immensely. And then just hearing like, us talking about going through the the hard times and the struggles and all that kind of stuff and it being funny now. That kind of stuff is like, I just love it, you know? And I, I, I hope we have more and more conversations and I hope you share more and more and I hope we find those commonalities. We just both learning about this together, the whole beer thing. Like we've been learning more about beer and enjoying beer and all that kind of stuff. So us to have those situations where we can enjoy it and have more conversations about it, and we can have those connections like I have with my hip-hop friends, Mm -hmm. like I have, (laughs) you know, my comic book friends or whatever, and we can have those kind
2: of conversations. I really believe that I've been making progress and communicating with you more and letting you hear my voice more. Sometimes it's just tough because I'm the best extroverted introvert you'll ever meet. I like silence. I like being in a world of my own. But I think that I've been coming around to try to meet your needs and trying to engage you more. You know, coming in your office and giving you a hug or a kiss or just trying to start some type of conversation. I think that I've been trying to do that more. And what you're saying is you need a little bit more of that for me. So Just like you're taking baby steps with the housework, I have to take baby steps with opening my mouth more.
1: Just genuinely. You know what I'm saying? Like, just genuinely. It's not going to
2: be genuinely. I have to prepare myself to...
1: Yeah, and I I do have to take silence, too. Because sometimes I talk to myself in the car, and I be getting mad. Like, okay, why we silent for 15 minutes? You know, I'm sitting doing calculations on how long we silent, you know? Instead, just enjoy the silence myself. Well, you want to be
2: entertained every 20 seconds. So that's the difference.
1: (laughs) I get bored.
2: I want us to be happy. And I want you to be happy. And in reality, it's a small compromise. You're just asking of me to talk to you. And that's not a huge compromise. It's just something that I have to watch a YouTube video and find out the best ways to deliver. <laughs> silly.
0: You know, at one point earlier in the conversation, there was clearly a level of tension between Shannon and Cindy, but they did something that successful couples do in that they showed persistence, a willingness to continue and hang in there to get to the other side. And then they also showed an openness to what's on the other side. And what I find in my work with couples is that they're often surprised by this level of joy that comes as a result of working through it. But Shannon and Cindy are certainly an example of a couple that displayed both courage, also kindness to themselves and to one another. Shannon and Cindy talked about how much they've worked through to get where they are today in their relationship. Their love of each other and their love of their relationship shows in their dedication and in their follow-through of the work. Alex Walguski is an investor, an advisor, and a former advertising creative director. I wanted to pick his brain about the lack of truth-telling marketing associated with this thing called real love. As we talk about relationship and sort of this myth of romantic love, I'm curious about, as a guy in advertising, what's your experience of how we use love and romance and sex?
3: Wait, I'm stuck on the myth of romantic love. I didn't know that that was a myth. We gotta cover that off a little.
0: All right, let's, let's, let's stop there for a sec. We all fall in love. And we all are intoxicated by romance and that lust. aspect, lust, and all the beauty of the beginning part of a relationship. Yeah. And then at some point, that romantic love dies only to give birth, hopefully. It doesn't mean you don't have romance in your life. It just means okay. that all of that glorious
3: chapter... Yeah closes making way for another chapter, which is a
0: a more real
3: love. It was never really my approach in advertising, so it doesn't fill me with, like, oh, we do these three things. There's a kind of advertising which you'd, you'd call aspirational. Show people things that they aspire to. You know, show people something that probably is unattainable and then connect it to a product or a service. I fall prey to it. Like, for some reason... There's no jacket that's ever been the perfect jacket for me. I'm, I'm on this quest. I've stopped the quest, but, it, boy, every time I thought, this is the one. It's a little like the perfect jacket would be the one that you could just adjust along the way. Like if you knew really well how to sew and to modify, modify a thing, that would be perfect, right? And that's a lot like relationships, I guess, right? The perfect one is the one that you're involved with and you work on hard enough that you can modify it for whatever challenges, you know, you and your wife or husband encounter.
0: The adjustable jacket metaphor. The
3: new jacket's never great. (laughs) (laughs) But the better attitude, whether it's relationships or businesses, this is going to be hard work. It's going to be a process. And if you can fall in love with the process as well as the people, that's pretty powerful.
0: Yeah. Have you experienced that? Carryover between navigating your professional life and your personal life, and the things you've learned professionally, and uh, applying that to your relationship—maybe just now on the
3: show. Yeah, um, <laughs> but mo- <laughs> in the moment, most of the things that I, I learned in my professional life, I don't think I applied to my personal life, and I should have. And the number one thing that I learned is like, it's work, and it's supposed to be work, and it's work for everybody. But a lot of what brings you together are some things that could really mess you up in the long run. Because you, you may fit because you're willing to put up with certain things in each other that other people aren't. And then that makes it really easy at the beginning, but it creates problems over time.
0: I wonder if we could apply that truth speaking to relationships. And like when you get married, there's a warning label, hard work ahead. Mm, mm-hmm. Let's just say... It's going to be hard. Right. And then you can begin the work of trying to figure it out. But if you fight the challenge of it when it shows up and hold to this myth of ease and romance. I don't know
3: if you could really, because my friend does that. He basically says, look, I'm a shit show. Here's all the things wrong with me. Here's what you're signing up for.
0: He does this in his dating life. In his
3: dating. Yeah. First thing. Well, women just love it. I mean, it, they just fall all over him, and that here's a guy who's willing
0: to disclose right out of the everything, gate all of it.
3: But it probably, in part, doesn't matter to them because they're in that romantic love too, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, you could disclaim yourself. You could start with the disclaimer, and it still wouldn't, yeah, because it's so powerful.
0: How did you navigate? Like, you, you, your career was huge and
3: had. How? Why is it past tense? Why is my career? (laughs) How did that affect the relationship? It was terrible. It was really bad because travel was the biggest problem. I was gone at least half the time. That whole absence makes the heart grow fonder thing may be true for certain people. It wasn't really true for Anna. It wasn't true for my daughter either. You know, when I stopped working so much and stopped traveling so much, this is sad. But it was also sort of. Wonderful, but for a year, every day I could feel that we got a little bit closer.
0: It was like a slow thaw, yeah. a
3: melting. I would have never even realized it if I hadn't had the opportunity to slow down.
0: The quality of your all your relationships
3: has changed as a result of it. Yeah. When you get a hard time from your loved ones because you're traveling, appreciate that. There's a culture of the road warrior that's sort of self-fulfilling and you're on the plane and when you're with your friends and everybody's like, they don't get it. They don't see why we got to be out here. we got to make it happen. But the reality is they're right. You should be home more and you should be thinking about, well, how can I be home more? So you're not necessarily in a place where you're not going to travel in life, but appreciate those people that are kind of giving you a hard time about it. When I decided I just was not going to travel, I thought, well, you can't do business and not travel. And then I sort of challenge that assumption. I'm like, wait, can you do? What have you done
0: differently? It's
3: just a part of my process. I say, I will meet you anywhere in the world as long as it's not east of 30th Street or south of Baseline. So So, it's a small world. Uh, What I would offer people is just challenge yourself when you have these assumptions about how you have to live To be successful or to have the things you want, because you may be wrong. Don't accept that
0: status quo about what
3: it takes. Yeah. How do you navigate the world of
0: slogans? So if we were to apply that to this sort of honesty and this truth speaking and this warning Mm -hmm. around
3: intimate partnership... Love's almost like a Viagra commercial, I think.
0: Say more. The
3: Viagra commercials are really interesting to me when I watch them. You never see the front of the guy because you are the you are the guy and so you put yourself in the situation and That's me. It's me and it's always this hot 40-year-old woman who's taken this guy away for a weekend. Every time he starts to turn and you get more than just a quarter re- rear. It cuts. Uh, Yeah. That romantic love is like that Viagra commercial. Like that Viagra commercial is the promise of that intimate, highly sexual, early stage relationship. Because you get the feeling those people in the... When you watch them, that doesn't look like they've been together a super long time. It doesn't seem like they have kids together. There's never like also some kids, you know. and
0: Tugging at them. Tugging at them. Yeah.
3: So it would be fun to do a... Commercial for, for that kind of romantic love, and then have the disclaimer because the disclaimer would be all about the things that are to come, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: The and headaches,
3: the fights, the tears, you know?
0: The sleepless nights if you have kids. Yeah. But, you know, it's not as if the promise of that kind of thing isn't there through the work and through acknowledging that there is the work and then doing the work. You actually get to this place of connection that is far beyond the romantic kind of connection you had. Right. This, you get to this deep, sort of profound love. That's never advertised, right? How could we advertise that? I know, ads? that would be
3: interesting. How could you advertise that? It's very difficult to, to give someone advice that says, hey, skip that. Skip that thing that you think is really great right now and move on to this other thing that I've discovered. No matter how good that advice is, People have to be in that, they have to be ready for it. Like in your 20s, could you even be ready? Could you even care about this bigger upside that's out there if you, if you work at it? I don't, know if you, I don't know if you could. Some people could, for sure.
0: That was Alex Bogusky, investor and advisor. To learn more about social entrepreneurship, visit alexboguski.com. Thank you to Shannon and Cindy for sharing their story. I highly recommend you listen to Shannon's podcast, Homemade Stories, along with his appearances on other shows like The Moth and Snap Judgment. To hear Shannon's podcast, visit shannonkason.com. Our producers are Lisa Gray and Kim Poletti. Our theme music is by Rob Berger. Additional music by Reza Menzuri, Ruben Van Rampe, Colfax, and Pretty Howtown. Audio production assistance provided by Leslie Gaston Bird and Josh Kern. If you'd like to share your story, send comments, be a part of the conversation, or become a sponsor, visit us at elephanttalk.org. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcast. And thank you for listening. I'm Andy Horning. This is real love. This is Elephant Talk.